Good morning, good morning. I hope you guys are doing great today on this uh, Sunday morning. Uh, wherever you are tuning in, uh, thank you for, for working with us and uh, digging into the Word together with us. Uh, today I'm going to share the second final message in this series, Getting in the Game, and then next week will be the last one and we will move on to a different topic. Um, and I'm looking forward to that series that's coming up. Uh, hopefully you'll be blessed and we can kind of dig into another thought for a while and really just hammer on it and try to implement it into our life like we're trying to do this one, getting in the game, getting in the game, getting in the game. I mean, this is a, a reoccurring thought every Sunday morning uh, with different aspects that I'm trying to bring to light to help us think about different parts of the game. We looked at the big picture, uh, that there's two teams. We've looked at the nuts and bolts of being on the field, being in the game, because we know every sport has its set of rules. And there's some pretty crazy sports uh, on right now with the Olympics, like sports that I don't even know why they're Olympic sports, but they're out there and they're there. But they all have their set of rules, right? They all got rules that you got to follow and, and uh, obey. And there's referees to help keep those things happening, right? Well, in the game, when we're in the game, on God's team, on the field, carrying out our role, playing our position on the field. There are things to think about. And we've talked about some of these. Uh, uh, willing to take one for the team at times. We, we've got to be willing to do that for the church, for the kingdom of God. We're willing to take one for the team. Uh, we, we realize that the very privilege of choosing God, being on God's team, came at a cost. It came at a price. And the price was the blood of Jesus for my sin. And for your sin, praise God, Jesus came and died for us and we would have hope. We, we talked about the fact that great teams have great captains and, and you don't have a great team if you don't have great captains. People like us, like you, who are willing to step up and get involved and be a leader, you know? Not just watch from a distance, but really like just get in there and do something significant in the kingdom and be a leader. Uh, we understand that... Uh, uh, we compete to win, not just to play. We're not there just to take second place. We're not there to take the silver or the bronze. We're there to get the gold. That's why we're, that's why we're running this race, is to get the prize, Paul said. And we realized from last week we play by God's rules. That the world has its own set of rules. And there's a lot of them. But God has his set of rules, and those are the ones we're going to live by. We're going to follow even if the world doesn't. Even if the world says those rules don't matter, we know they do. We know that they are best for all of people, and we're going to live them because we're living to honor God. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to play by the rules that God has established for us. Well, Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. What a great verse, right? What a great verse. This is our truth for today that we're going to, we're going to dig into today. Iron. Something that's strong and hard and, and able to sharpen something else. That's an important part. Uh, pool noodles cannot sharpen anything, right? Foam does not sharpen anything. Iron, something that's strong, can sharpen something else that's strong. And that's what we're striving to be. Not just there, not just a part of the game, but we want to be on the field, in the game, playing our position with as much 
strength and power so that we're not just doing our part, we're helping other people do their part. We are sharpening each other along the way. And so today the truth for us is this, sharpen your tool. When you're in the game, you're playing in the game and you're competing, you have got to sharpen your tools, whether it's baseball, football, or whatever it is, your, your personal skill and shooting and passing and whatever, catching, fielding, whatever the skill may be, you have got to work on it and sharpen it and get it as good as you possibly can so that you can go compete and, and, and have a chance at success, at winning. Well, the same is true in the kingdom of God. Whatever the tool is that God has put in your life, we must sharpen. We've got to take time to sharpen our tool. We gotta know what the tool is first, right? If you don't know what the tool is in your life, you don't know what the gift is in your life, it's gonna be hard to sharpen that tool. And so there's some other things we're gonna talk about today that we have got to do so that we can get to this point of sharpening our tool. I cannot emphasize the importance of a sharp tool enough. You and I know if you mess with tools, if you work with your hands, a dull drill bit will not go through metal. It might, you might be able to push it through wood, but you know it's dull. You can tell it's not cutting anymore, and now you're forcing it, and you'll probably break it if it's small enough. A dull tool or a dull drill will not drill. Hit a nail with your chainsaw, and you will notice right away that your chainsaw will not chew through that wood anymore. It might get through it and you might have to force it a little, but it is not cutting the way it should cut. A dull edge on your ax is useless. You're just gonna bounce off the tree. You're not gonna cut through the tree and you're gonna end up working even harder to try to get the ax through. So we know the importance of a sharp tool. The same is true about your spiritual gifting in Jesus. If you don't exercise your tool, it will become dull. If you neglect your tool, it will become useless. If you don't feed it, it will grow weary. So let me share with you a couple truths about your tool, about our tool, about the gift that God has brought into our life when we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of our life. He came. His Holy Spirit has come, and when we say Holy Spirit, the same as God and same as Jesus, it's all one. We could say Jesus is in your life, the Holy Spirit's in your life, God's in your life. It all means the exact same thing. Three parts of God, the Trinity, but all one. So when one's there, they're all there. Here you go. The first thing, the first truth about your tool is this. You are Holy Spirit gifted. You are Holy Spirit gifted gifting okay we're not talking about gifts that you think you have we're not talking about your ability to um, play an instrument or shoot a basketball or throw a baseball we're not talking about your personal abilities we are talking about a gift a spiritual gift that is not about you at all it's from God and when he came into your life he brought that gift he brought that tool into your life specifically for you to use for the kingdom of God. Now check out our passage in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. 
Paul is speaking. So 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 are the two key passages about the Spirit of God and the gifts that he brings into people. And there's several places where there's lists of gifts, different kinds of gifts that God gives to people. Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Keep that thought in mind. Now about the gifts of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, before you accepted Christ, before you came onto God's team, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Let me read that again. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. But, it, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Did you catch that? Here's what Paul is saying. You know, there's lots of different gifts. Different people have different gifts. But the Holy Spirit is the one who has gifted you. God is the one who has gifted you with your gift. You are Holy Spirit gifted. Now that is not from this world. That is not the gift of financing. That is not the gift of athletics. That is not the gifts of selling property or real estate or being a good salesman. That is not the gifts we are talking about. Those are skills and abilities and interests that we have on this earth. But that is not necessarily at all spiritual gifts from God. Can those things be used for the gift or for the kingdom of God? Yes, they can. Every one of those interests can be used for the, to glorify God. Every one of our gifts and our talents can be used to glorify God. But we are talking today about a tool that the Holy Spirit has brought into your life, a specific tool, a specific gift that God has brought into your life to use through you. Look what he says in verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Here's what we want to, talk, to touch on right now. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit has been given to each one. When you gave your life to Jesus, you said, Lord, come into my life. I surrender to you. You accepted Jesus, you believed in Jesus, you, you solidified your faith and your belief by being immersed in Christ. If you've never been immersed into Jesus, you need to do that. You need to talk to somebody about doing that. I would love to do that, talk to you about that and come and baptize you. I'll come anywhere in the world to baptize you. I, I really would. But if when you did that, when you invited Jesus into your life, when you gave your life to Christ, and the Holy Spirit came in and forgave you of your sins, he brought with him a gift, sometimes more than one gift, but at least a gift, a spiritual gift. And the work of the Holy Spirit in your life has the potential to be very powerful. To, to cause you to do things that you never dreamed you could do, go places you never thought you would go, that gift of the Holy Spirit in you and the Holy Spirit working that gift through you, if you will let him, 
once you figure that gift out and he's allowed to use it through you, is the ability to do great things on the planet for the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit, what he does is he guides you, he teaches you, he empowers us, he opens our eyes, he comforts us, he heals us, he brings wisdom, and the Holy Spirit brings understanding. He brings a gift as well. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, the scripture says, Christ gave gifts to men. Christ gave gifts to men. So the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself, is the one who has brought this gift into your life. And here's the thing. He brings tools into your life for you to use and for him to use through you for the sake of the kingdom of God. Again, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, there are many different kinds of gifts different kinds of serving and different kinds of working. But there is only one spirit. There is only one God. There is only one Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says in our passage, verse 7, to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given. Okay, to everyone who believes in Jesus, accepts Jesus Christ as Lord, the manifestation of the spirit is given to everyone who becomes a child of God through the blood of Christ. Every one of us have a gift. I can't say it enough. The scripture doesn't, can't say it enough to us. It, it, it's, it's, it tells us this over and over that God has poured out in us his spirit and his Holy Spirit has brought a gift into your life. What does this idea of manifestation mean? Here's what it means. It's an expression. It's an expression, it's an exhibition. It's the uncovering or revealing. Check this out. The expression of the Holy Spirit is bigger than you and me. It encompasses the entire body of Christ. His display of glory through all of us collectively. It's the Holy Spirit's work in you and in all of us together. And only the Holy Spirit is able to work all that out. His manifestation of the gift in you is tied together with all of the gifts of everyone else. That's what this means. So the Spirit is tying your gift and my gift and everyone else's gift in the kingdom of God together for the sake of the church, for the building up of the body of Christ. See, this gift is much bigger than just you and just me. This gift is connected to everyone else's spiritual gift, and they all are to be working together as the Spirit works through us. If you haven't discovered your gift, if you're not even thinking about your gift, then how can the Holy Spirit use you and your gift to tie into the collective body of Christ? It cannot happen. You and I play a part in this. We play a role in this. We are co-workers together with Jesus, which means we are allowing him to do whatever he wants in our life. But we have our physical, fleshly, mental heart part in it on this earth while we're in this body, in this flesh. We have a part to play in discovering what God is doing in us and through us. And then we line our flesh up with whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do through us. See, it's not just about us living on the planet, just enjoying life. It's about the Holy Spirit able to take full control of all that we are, all that he's blessed us with, every thought, every heart beat in us, 
and lead us to doing what he wants to do in our life. Your personal tool is what God wants to use in the work that he has called you to. See, that's your spot in the kingdom. That is your place in the, in the scope of the world, in the scope of the universe. Whatever that gift is that God has decided to bring into your life, he knows it matches up with your heart perfectly. And that's what God wants to use in you. And so what tool or what gift do you possess? What gift or tool has the Holy Spirit brought into your life? We really, really, really need to figure this out. We have got to figure this out. If we're believers in Jesus, followers of Christ, we have got to figure this out. Please don't dismiss it. Don't just dismiss it and go about your day. Right now, wherever you are, you're thinking with me right now, please. You're thinking, okay, this is my spiritual. I know my spiritual gift and I am working my spiritual gift. If that's you, then that's awesome. Then you've already discovered it and you're going. But for most people, they don't have a clue what their spiritual gift is. They're just kind of going through the faith motions, right? They're doing good things. They're treating people nice. They're giving to the church. They're giving to God. They're trying to be kind people, right? That's good. That's generally what we all should be doing as Christians. But there's a specific gift that God wants to work in you and through you. And I think for most people, they've never discovered it because they never really thought about it. And here's the other thing. A lot of times this whole thought is like a wall right in our face. It's like we just walked into a wall. I, and, and now I'm, I'm faced with this thought of I'm, I need to discover my spiritual gift. And the thought is so overwhelming that we, don't, we just dismiss it and walk away from it because it seems nearly impossible to get over or get through that wall. It just seems so big. It seems so overwhelming. How am I ever going to figure out what my spiritual gift is? How am I going to figure that out? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, how. And I just want to give you some suggestions to help you get moving in the right direction. Because I think if you'll do these things, you will, you will be like that person beating on the wall, beating on the wall, beating on the wall. And over time and over, over uh, commitment and devotion and stick to itness, you will break through the wall. And when you get through that wall and you discover what your gift is, you will begin to find a purpose for your life that is straight from God. It isn't what you decided to do. It isn't what your parents decided you should do. It isn't what you've just been always doing because that's what you do. It will be that one thing that God wants to do in you and that he puts you on the earth to accomplish. And when you discover that, that's freedom. That's freedom when you discover and God calls you and leads you and you know it's God pulling you in that direction. And you begin to do that. It's amazing. So here's what you do. You begin to pray. It's got to start with prayer. You just start praying, God, God, show me the gift that you brought into my life. I've thought about it. You know, I've, I've, I've considered it, but it's just so hard to kind of figure out what it is. And so I just kind of go through the motions of being a Christian, but I don't really know that God... God, show me the gift. Just cry out to God. Seek God for it. Begin by just asking God, God, show me what it is you're doing in my life. What is the gift that you brought into my life? Help me to see it. Secondly, here's what you're going to do. You're going to talk. You're going to pray and you're going to talk. You're going to talk to somebody or people that you know are faithful believers in Christ. You're going to text 
You're gonna make a phone call. You're gonna sit down with them if they live in your area and you're gonna just simply ask them, help me. I'm trying to discover my gift that God has in my life. Just share with me whatever you can about what you see in my life. What, what you see are my strengths. Now your interests and your skills and some of those things can tie into this, but it's more than that. It's spiritual, it isn't physical stuff. It's your heart, it's your mind, it's the way you think, it's how you're wired. That's what you need somebody to help you see in your own life. We're gonna pray, we're gonna talk, and then we're gonna start doing. Just jump in somewhere, just start doing something, action. Just start going, just start doing stuff, because what will happen is as you're going, God will help you see it. He will close doors, he will open doors, he will, he will, he will, he will get you through that wall. But it's going to take action. Look, oftentimes, God will guide you as you are moving, already moving, doing something. Go do something, and God will guide you if you will take some steps and start doing something for the kingdom of God outside yourself. Service, ministry, something out there, the homeless, the soup kitchens, the, the children's homes, whatever it is, get out there and just start doing something for God. Remember, it is easier to steer a ship that is moving than one that is dead in the water. You know what it's called when a, a ship is dead in the water? It's called dragging the ship. Don't, don't make God drag you. Get moving. And let God steer you, guide you in the right direction. Look, when I first became a Christian and Trish and I, we moved to Hot Springs, Arkansas. I was a brand new Christian. I was going to this little church that had broken off of another church. So it was a small little church, handful of people with some teenagers. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to start working with these teenagers. And I just started working with these teenagers. I had only been a Christian a couple years. Very young Christian. I knew nothing about the Bible, nothing. Then after I started working with the teens in our little church group, I thought, you know what? I noticed it was a children's home in Hot Springs and I wanted to figure out, you know, I really felt like God was just saying, go there and go there and just find out what's going on. And I went there and after a while, they decided to let me help over there, to come over once a week. I'd go over there and I'd work with the kids, play foosball with them, take them out for ice cream, just hang out with them, mentor them a little bit, and just try to be a role model in their life. You know, a, a person, because these kids in this children's home were kids that the parents didn't want. They were like, these are, these are really tough kids. Send them to the children's home. Let somebody else take care of these kids. Teenagers, junior high, high school. I just started working with these kids. Shortly after that, our preacher at this little church, he left and went up to Missouri and so I was already doing some things in the kingdom and working with our youth, and they asked me to preach. This is how I got into preaching. I had no Bible college experience. I had never uh, preached a sermon or taught a Bible lesson other than working with teenagers. And they asked me to preach. And so I started preaching the word of God in this little bitty church, in this little bitty town, simply because I started doing something. And once I started doing something, God began to open doors to the next thing and the next thing. And after a while, I realized, you know what? I, I need to go to Bible college. I don't know what I'm talking about. Every sermon, I was like, that's all I know. I just preached everything I know. And the next week, God would give me more to preach. And I'm, I'm sure those sermons back then were, were really rough. But the people were patient. They loved me. And God was just kind of beginning to direct me. 
That was a long time ago. And it's insane how God has worked and allowed me to be a part of what he is doing. But I'm just telling you, you begin to pray, you begin to talk to somebody, you begin to do something, anything. Get out there and do something. And God will direct your steps. He will. You are, you are Holy Spirit gifted. Praise God for that. Number two, your gift is for others. Here's the other thing about your tool. Your tool is not about you. God has brought this tool into your life, this gift from above into your life, not for you, it's for other people. This is the importance of you using your gift because when other people use their gift, they are blessing you. And when you use your gift, you are blessing them. And if you don't use your gift, if you don't discover this gift and begin to use this gift, you are not blessing those who are blessing you. Now that is not cool. That's not right at all, is it? I mean, that's a one-way street. Do we have a responsibility to discover our gift? Because our tool is for other people. It's to serve the people around us. It is not for our benefit. And that might be why a lot of people don't go down this road, because it's not for them. You know, we live in such a me, me, me world that it's all about me. And once we realize that, wait, this gift is for others? Forget that. How's that going to benefit me? Well, I got to tell you what. When you discover your, your gift, not only will you be benefiting others and blessing others, but you are going to be blessed beyond measure because you are now in the, in the place where, where iron is sharpening iron. You're, you're blessing people. You're being blessed, and it's a beautiful place to be in the kingdom of God on the field doing your part because that's where the action is. And most of us want to be where the action is, not just on the sideline watching from the stands in the game, on the field, doing our part, and letting God use us in a mighty, mighty way. Look what he says. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given, look, for the common good, or to profit all, so that everyone will be blessed, so that everyone will, be, will profit from your giftedness. See, your gift is for the good of the church, the common good of the church. It's for the team. You must get in this game on the field, taking up your position for the team, not for you. It's about the team. It's about the team working together for the glory of God. And Corinthians and Romans talks about some of these gifts, the gifts of the gift of wisdom. These are some of the gifts, not, not athletics, not, not uh, other things that are of this world, but things like wisdom, spiritual discernment and wisdom and, and knowledge and faith. You know, to be able to do things that are only from God. Spiritual things that bless people in a spiritual way in the kingdom of God. God kingdom things, right? Healing and miracles and prophecy. Discernment. See, every believer, every believer not only pray and talk and begin doing, but every believer should take uh, a spiritual assessment. Try to figure out what your spiritual gifts are. There, are. there are assessments that you can do that will help you to discover what your strengths are for spiritual giftedness. It's called a spiritual assessment. And if, if, if you have never done one, send me a text. Send me a text. Look, here's my number. 252-675-7255. You send me a text, take a picture of the screen, send me a picture, or send me a picture, 
Send me a text and say, hey, can you send me a spiritual gift survey? And I will send one of these to you in the mail. You give me your address, I'll send one to you. You take it, you kind of chart it all up in a box and you put all the strengths where, where they are, where the, the, the numbers, the answers that you come up with. And then there's a long list of what these specific gifts are about. And you can begin to discover your spiritual giftedness. You need to do that. Every believer needs to do that. We need to be praying. We need to be talking. We need to be doing. And we need to take a survey, this, uh, this assessment, so that we can begin to figure out, okay, these are my strengths. This is what I'm gifted toward for the kingdom of God. We need to take the time to do these things so that we can find our gift quickly and so we can get busy living it out. At Buddy Camp, you know, we made these really cool necklaces. Trish came up with this great idea. It's basically a white clay that you've shaped into a, like a medallion, and then we bake them. Well, they put their thumbprint on one side and we, put a, we pressed a heart onto the other side. Cool little necklaces that they wore. I made one that was a shark tooth. In fact, I left it for Isaac at their hotel in Fort Lauderdale. I hope he got it. Um, let me know, Isaac, if you got that, okay? Um, but these cool little, they're just fun little necklaces that were like a keepsake from camp, from buddy camp. You know, it's just one day. These are little kids, little, little people, little people. So they all made these necklaces. We baked them. And then the next morning we gave them to the kids. Well, while the parents were out of the room, we had the parents leave the room because uh, there was some snakes found around the camp and we wanted to talk about the dangers of handling snakes. And so I had our uh, camp director take the parents out and talk to them. But really what was going on was I was talking to these kids. Now these are kindergarten, first graders, and second graders. These are little bitty guys. You know, little kids. These are little people. And I challenged them. I said, hey guys, you know those necklaces we made? We made those. And you're wearing them. They were wearing them. We gave them to them. We said, but we want you to give those to your parents. We want you to give those to the person that brought you to camp that's with you right now. Because Buddy Camp is parent, mother, and daughter, father, son. It's like everyone spends the night together and stays at camp. So it's Buddy Camp. It's their first, uh, it's their first taste of camp. We just have a lot of fun. And I challenge them to give those to the parent that brought them. Well, I was, I was, I was excited about it because the thing was this. It, the gift, it was their gift but it wasn't for them. Like they didn't know that when they made it, they thought it was for them. But, but I knew, and Trish and I knew that we were gonna challenge them to give those to someone else. They were making this gift for themselves, but they were gonna give it away, okay? It was so cool because they went out during the, the sermon part, they go out and they talk one-on-one -on -one with their parent about what we're gonna talk about and then they come back in. And I challenged them when they went out to give that to their parent. And so I was excited when they came in to see a lot of the parents wearing these necklaces. And what a cool moment that must have been for the kid. I said, look, you just take it off when you're with your mom or your dad and you just say, mom, dad, I want you to have this. I made this for you. And so I, I wasn't able to see how that all went down, but parents came in wearing these necklaces. Now, some of them, the kids were wearing them still. Like they were the kid that was like, no, I'm not giving this away. I'm keeping this, I like it, it's pretty cool, I'm gonna keep it. And so some kids kept them, most of the kids gave them away, and some kids broke their medallion, this clay, you bang it hard enough and it's gonna break, right? You make it too thin, it's gonna break. And some of them broke. So there's a number of things 
get this, that you can do with your gift. There's a, you have a gift. The Holy Spirit has brought the gift. Now, there's a number of things that you can do with that gift. You can neglect it. You can ignore it. You can just not even look at it. Like you hit the wall and you just turn and went a different direction. I'm not even going to go there anymore. I'm not going to explore this. Or you can figure it out and start using it for the glory of God. You know, there's a lot of different things that you can do with your gifts. Ephesians chapter 4 says this. So Christ, Christ himself, who gave the gifts, Christ gave the gifts. The Holy Spirit gave the gifts. Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors. These are some more gifts, spiritual gifts in the church that, the, that God gives to people, right? Spiritual gifts. Why? To equip his people or to prepare God's people for works of service. That's why we have these gifts. To help each other serve God in his kingdom. Works of of service. Why? What's the purpose of that? Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. We're helping each other become more unified in Christ. We're helping each other know Jesus more and we're becoming mature. That's the goal of your gift. Help others become mature. And the goal of their gift is to help you become mature so that we're all working together. There's unity and knowledge of the Son of God and we're all becoming mature together as the body of Christ is being built up until we all reach the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Just not a little bit of Jesus. All of who Jesus is flowing in our life, moving in us, growing us. And he says... As each part does its work. Every piece of God's kingdom has a work to do. And the way you carry out your work is by using the tool of the gift that God has brought into your life. That's why this gift and tool is so important for your life and for the kingdom, for the church. And you figuring out what it is is so important for the kingdom and the, the church on this earth and God's people. See, iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron means, it means this. As we put our tools to work together, we are, in doing so, we are sharpening each other. When you put your tool to work and others put their tool to work, iron is sharpening iron as we go, as we work together for the kingdom of God. Number three. Number three is this. Grow up in your gift. Grow up in your gift. Here it is. You are Holy Spirit gifted. Number two, your gift is for others. And number three, grow up in your gift. In other words, when you first discover it, you're just walking in it new. You're a baby. You're beginning to discover things about your gift, and you're going to discover more and more every day. And then as you begin to use your gift and put it into practice, it's going to grow in you. And, and this is going to take effort. It's going to take training. It's why we're talking about getting in the game and getting on the field and training ourselves up in godliness and avoiding evil things in this world and just letting Jesus fill us so that we can grow up fully in our gift and know him fully. That's why. Ephesians 4 says, grow up into him who is the head. All of us are growing up into Jesus who is the head of the church, the head of the body. And here's how it's going to start. 
Three, three pieces here. A, discover your gift. Again, here we are, discover your gift. Jeremiah 29 says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. If you go in it part way, if you go in it distracted by the things and the cares of the world, you will not be seeking him with all your heart. You have got the hunger, you have got to want it, you have got to go after it like it's, it's, it's the one most important thing in your life that you need most. God working in your life. That's what we need most. And we go after it just like that. We discover our gift. What is God up to in you? We pray. We're going to talk to people. We're going to take some action. We're going to do this, maybe this survey. And it's going to help us to begin to discover what our gift is. If you're seeking for God to do something in you, you are on the path. You are on the path to discovery. If you are truly seeking God to do something in you and to show you and to open your eyes, you will discover this. Simply respond. As God reveals it, he will respond. His promise is he will answer us. He will, he will let us find him if we will do it with all our heart and not half-heartedly. He will make himself known. He will reveal to us what it is he's up to. He's not trying to hide from it. He just wants to know how badly do you really want it? Do you want God and what he's doing in your life more than you want the treasures of this world? What do you want most? That's really what God is looking for in your heart, in my heart. What do you want most? Do you, do you, are you caught up in the stuff of the world? Is that what you want most? Or do you really want what God has for you most? And when you want what God wants most, above everything else, then God has your attention. And then God can show you things and you will actually hear what God is up to. Respond. When he begins to show you, simply respond to what he's doing. As he opens doors, as he closes doors, just respond to what God is doing. One step at a time. He is not going to show you 10 years from now. He is not going to show you five years from now. He might not even show you one day from now, but he is going to show you what he wants you to do right now. Just do it one step at a time. And then you keep on seeking him and you keep on stepping and he will keep on revealing one step at a time. This is what we call walking by faith. We're walking with God one day at a time, one step at a time, sometimes one second, one moment at a time. Discover your gift. B is to use your gift. Action. You got to put it into action. You got to start doing something. Once you have some direction, you begin to realize or understand, or you in talking to people and praying and doing the assessment, you begin to realize, okay, this is where I might be gifted. You just start doing it. Just start doing something. Just take it to the streets. Just take it out there and begin doing something. Go. It's like a compass, right? You want to go north, you, you figure out where north is and you go. Once you figure out what your giftedness is, just go. Just start walking in that direction toward your giftedness. Figure out a way to put that giftedness into action, into practice. Talk to the leaders of your church. Get, again, talk to people. Figure out how you can begin to put that into practice. Desire to put it into practice. Look for opportunities to put it into practice. Build your mindset and your whole attitude of your life around the Holy Spirit's gift in you. Start building your life around it because it's your purpose, right? It is your purpose for life. This is why God put you on the planet. And once you discover it, you just start living around it. Just live, do everything about it. And you will, you will find that God wants to do more in you than you could ever hope or dream he could ever do in you. 
But you got to discover your gift. And once you discover it, you have found your purpose. And once you found your purpose, you can begin to live freely for God and watch him do miracles in your life. It's your purpose. It is from above. It is from God. Do it great. Do it all the way. Give yourself 100% to it. 100%. Give yourself all the way to it. Check out what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, that's all of us, y'all. All my bros, my sis, all the people, boys, girls, men, women, all of us, everyone, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm in Christ, right? That's what we're doing. Let nothing move you. Don't be pulled in the, the ways of the world. Anything outside of God's purpose for your life is, is pulling you in the wrong direction. Be disciplined, right? Be disciplined. Always. How often? Always give yourself fully, I love this, to the work of the Lord. Paul says, not sometimes, not just on Sundays, not once a week, every tick of the clock, every beat of your heart, always give yourself fully completely. That's 100% of yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Now Paul says it's not in vain, but he says something else with these words. And this might be a little hard for us to hear, but let me say it anyway. Look, there's a lot of people on this planet doing lots of crazy and fun and cool things, right? Doing all kinds of cool things in life. Inventing things, making millions of dollars, building businesses and mansions, going for gold in Tokyo. And all of it is nice. It's all part of the planet. But all of it, every ounce of effort, every ounce of time, every expense is in vain. It's temporary. It's not eternal. It is in the end, in the eternal scope of the kingdom and the universe and all of eternity, it is in vain. Every bit of it is in vain. Only what you do, only your labor in the Lord, only what you do for the Lord is going to last forever. It's not in vain. Your work in the Lord is not in vain. And we have spent far too much of our life already doing worldly things that don't matter. Let's take whatever's left of our life and give it to God. And let him do something that will impact the world far greater than your gold or your finances or whatever else it is. Do it for the Lord. Be wise. Be wise. Be wise. Be wise. A, A, discover it. B, use it. And C, sharpen your gift or your tool often. Sharpen it often. Like any tool, it's going to get dull with use and abuse and with neglect. Rust is going to set in and it's going to get 
abused and become dull if you do not use it, if you're not exercising it on a regular basis. Your gift is your tool that propels you toward your purpose. The tool, think about it, it's a tool that propels you to your purpose. The tool, the tool is not the goal of your life, but knowing the tool helps you live out your purpose. If you don't know the tool that God has brought into your life, how can you live out your purpose? You will live your entire life without ever living out your God-given purpose. The only way to live out your purpose is to first know the tool that the Holy Spirit has brought into your life by using your tool effectively and for God's glory. This is the goal of you. And this is the goal of your tool. This is it. Don't waste another day. Sorry. Don't waste another day trying to discover your tool. Keep it sharp. Stay in the word. Keep it sharp. Be intentional in prayer. That'll help keep it sharp. Be refreshed by the Holy Spirit in worship. That'll help keep it sharp. Exercise your gifts. Serve others. Go into all the world and share the gospel with the world. That'll help you keep it sharp. And in this way, and in this way, you will train yourself up not just to be godly, but to fulfill your role on the field for the kingdom of God. And I can't say it enough. Get Getting in the game means knowing your position, knowing your giftedness, knowing what your tool is, so you can get in the game in the right place and you can do the most good for the team. Without knowing, it's, it's like going on a baseball field without a glove. It's like standing out there somewhere in right field because you don't know where to go. How can you play like that? You can't. You've got to know your position and you've got to take it up and you've got to have the right tools in your hand to get it done. Spiritual kingdom of God is very much the same way. Get in the game. Get on the field. Live out your role for the glory of God and for the common good of the body of Christ. Love you guys. God bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Our final sermon on this topic of getting in the game, please, I'll send you the assessment. Just send me a note. I'm going back to that screen. Let me go back here, let me find it for you. That's it, my number. Send me a text, I will send you this spiritual survey. You'll take it, you'll do it all yourself. I don't want it back, nobody else needs to see it. It's just between you and God. It's gonna help you begin to discover, okay, this is, this is how God, God has gifted me. Talk to somebody, pray, and then just get out there and start doing something. Just go do something, anything. God will direct you. Trust me, he will. He did for me, and I know he will for you. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Love you.